Welcome to the Sin of Our Fathers podcast. I'm your host, Mark Thune, joined as always by my oldest brother, Michael Kuhn. Hey, hey, hey. And my middle brother, Matthew Kuhn. Woo! Three games. Three games in a row. It feels good. Uh, so one of the things we always like to do is we like to call our grandfather the ripe age at 83 years old. He is the one that made us all Browns fans, and so we like to get his take on every single game. We'll see if he's happy about this win against the hapless Dolphins. Hey, Grandpa, it's Matthew. Hi, man. Hi, Matthew. How you doing? Doing well. How are you? <laughs> Hanging in there. Hanging in there? <laughs> Browns are on a three-game winning streak. you got to be doing better than hanging in there. <laughs> well, it's, uh, it's nice, nice to be on the winning streak. I'll say that. Uh, I like to, like to see how they, how they come out here on the, on the next, uh, next game here. But I, uh, I'm looking forward to it. Well, we're looking forward to seeing you at Thanksgiving, Grandpa. <laughs> looking forward to seeing you what? We're we're looking forward to seeing you at Thanksgiving. <laughs> you know, I have a hard time hearing you. You guys are on that speakerphone. Hey, get closer. <laughs> okay. All right. We will. We'll get closer. Um, are you sure you just can't hear? The what? Are you sure you just can't hear? <laughs> no, I'm. I'm not sure. I just can't hear. I have perfect <laughs> hearing. I have perfect eyesight. And you guys are not close enough to the phone. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, give us your thoughts on this last game. I, beating up on the Dolphins. Well, I I, uh, I, I really like the way uh, things worked out over there. I was I was I was happy with the uh, with the way things went. I I thought that they played they they played a, a good game. Uh, I'm looking forward to. Uh, I'm looking forward to the next one. Uh, oh yeah, you know, why is that? Landry Landry had a hell of a good game. Uh, yeah, he did. I mean this guy was uh, he had an outstanding game. Uh, no, no doubt about that. And uh, uh, you know, I think I think Chubb was Chubb had a, a, his usual good game, but he, he also had some he had some good plays when he when he was. When he just drifted over the line and and, and was it thought a pass uh, instead of trying to bust the bust through over the tackles, you know, and I, I think that works very well. I think that the guy might last a little longer if he keeps doing that. <laughs> but yeah, and I always said that I think that I think that they should they should they should have uh, as uh, Chubb just drift over the line and throw him the throw him the ball. You know, throw, they don't throw Think and dunk stuff, and don't try to throw those those uh, thirty yard passes down, you know, uh, down the down the field. I I think their offensive line is getting better. Uh, I, I really do. Uh, it helps I when you play they, like a, a defensive line that has like no one that you can actually name. Yeah, right, and no name. You know, like, like Richardson and Thomas. Both had, I thought they had good games. If they played a, a hell of a game, they they, they should have they should have uh, been congratulated on, on the game they played. And Cybert, I don't know, he's, he's good. Uh, he's good sometimes. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes he's not too good. But, you know, I, I I just hope they'll get the situation where where they. 
they have to they need they need a field goal and this guy bends one out to the right someplace, you know. But he, he's a he's a rookie and he's a, he's a, they're going to get better, but they have to live with them, you know. Uh, the one thing about the one thing about the Browns that, that they I noticed that they they're sort of falling back into their old mode. They play a hell of a first half, and somehow does like the third quarter. They look like they were all out to lunch. I don't know what happened, and you know then they then they give up 14, 14 points there. Uh, uh, I just don't know. You know how how could that happen? Pretty sure they. I thought that they were on the verge of getting their ass kicked there for a minute. The, the way they were playing in the third quarter. Luckily, they put it together in the fourth quarter, and uh, and, and and put it together. Now, uh, Grandpa, Grandpa, that, that final that final interception that Schobert made was a, was a, was a, was a clincher. That was that was a great great play there. Grandpa, what? you said they're you said they're all out to lunch. Did that remind you of like your old days uh, on the job site? You and your buddies going and grabbing a couple of beers, like in the middle of the day. Don't act like you didn't do well, it. No, no, those were the old days. <laughs> <laughs> Grandpa doesn't do that anymore. <laughs> hey, I tell you what. You mean you don't go to work anymore? You still have beers for I lunch. I don't play eighteen holes anymore. I play nine holes. So there's no, there's no. Uh, there's no fear break in between the nines. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think that I think they had this 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 uh, little lapse there in the, in the third quarter, and it's you know it's kind of indicative of what they were doing the last couple of years. You know, they 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 played a, a hell of a first half and forgot to play the second half of the game. And I always said they got to start playing sixty minutes of football, not thirty. Uh, so, but I I'm looking forward to I don't know what this new quarterback that uh, uh, that the that the Steelers have. Uh, what do you think? I don't know him. He he's played a decent bit already this year. Actually, he started one game for them after Rudolph got knocked out, and then he played a good portion of this last game against the Bengals, finishing it off for him. He's solid. He's yeah. a little bit more dependable i mean i think he's probably a better option for pittsburgh if you're looking through their lens but he's mm-hmm. not really a threat he's he's pretty safe like he doesn't risk it too much um i, I he definitely is not fear inducing in any way all the throw yeah. all the throws are short they're they're similar to mason rudolph but it's underneath it's to the running backs i mean he's not getting a lot of a lot of yards per attempt on on his yeah. passes so that that's that's not what is going to beat the Browns in this game. We got to, we got to be able to stop the run and not turn the ball over. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I, uh, you know, I, I'm kind of surprised that, uh, that Rudolph got benched and he was having some, he was throwing a lot of, uh, uh, a lot of pitch and everything. But, uh, I, when he first took over, I thought, I just, I said between, between the losing Rothberger and, and him playing, I didn't think the Steelers lost the beat. He was, he really came on strong for a while, and all of a sudden, you know, boom! <laughs> he finds himself on a bench. So I, I don't know what the what the what the problem is over there. Well, but, maybe there's been yeah. more ill effects from that uh, Miles Garrett hit with the helmet than everybody's realizing. No, well, that that may be. That <laughs> may be. That nobody, nobody ever said anything to that point, but maybe maybe he got his uh, his uh, brain 
scrambles a little bit more than he but it's than he let out. I don't know. Uh, but 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 you know the the thing is that the Browns are playing that they're, they're they got to prepare a game and they they don't they they're playing against this guy. You know they're probably probably staying up late looking at some of these uh, uh, game films and everything. But it could be a problem for them uh, uh, playing a playing a guy they never played before. Yeah, I would much rather go against Mason Rudolph having played against him two weeks ago than, than this new guy, even though I'm not, I'm not worried that the new guy's great. But we saw it when we played against Denver. Anytime you have a new quarterback coming in, it's, you're at a, you don't have all the information necessarily. And so it, it can be, become difficult to game plan. Yeah. Well, I think the Browns have the capability of rattling him uh, uh, and, and getting in his face. I think that, that if they can do that, I think they have a hell of a good chance. Uh, I think I think they can. I think they can bother him a lot, uh, you know, and, and disrupt his uh, play. Uh, at least that's what I think that they're going to do. And uh, of course, with your with your father there cheering him on, uh, things things could be pretty good for the Browns. Yeah, that's true. He's flying in that morning. You know, the weather's supposed to be pretty damn ugly. Well, he'll deal with it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but I don't know what he's, what he's flying in there, but it, uh, there's supposed to be a hell of a rotten storm coming. You know, start the, the, the next day or two and then continuing into the weekend over the Northeast. So, uh, you know, of course, it's not going to interrupt the game any, but I just wonder if, if uh, your father's going to have a problem getting to the game. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I didn't think about that. That would be that would be a funny turn of events. <laughs> he he <laughs> makes it to the Pittsburgh airport and has to turn around. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I tell you what, I I look at the Browns. I think I hate to say, but I think I think that maybe they're sort of turning things around a bit themselves. Uh, uh, this Mayfield is is playing much better. He's been uh, he's back to his accuracy. That he had at the at the end of last season when he took over, he was throwing he was he was throwing not not long bombs, shorter passes, but he was very accurate. And that that thing that that was lacking here, you know, in these games that they that they got blown out. Uh, and uh, I I I think that uh, he's going to be a, a big factor uh, in in his accuracy down the road here. Yeah. Uh, of course, when he's got when he's got when he's got Landry out there, you know, and uh, I think that these these guys can worry worry. He can these these receivers can worry almost any team. I think so. If 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 they can if they can uh, get make the catches, I know that they feel can make the throws. So, Grandpa, looking forward, to looking forward to the rest of the year. How many more games do you think we win? Uh, well. I I hate to I hate to say uh, I don't I'm not sure about the the Ravens game I I I, I uh, dislike them with passion but uh, but they dislike but, that's know, a kind of soft word Grandpa uh, <laughs> listen well uh, I I I know that they're 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 probably really good for the for the Browns I I know they would be. Uh, after they got after they got killed by the Browns, and they've been playing a hell of a lot better uh, since then. Uh, so I I would think that they would probably 
That's it. They got to play Cincinnati twice, don't they? Yep. Okay. Well, you know what? I hope Cincinnati. Let's see. They got. I hope Cincinnati wins wins some games before they have to play the Browns. Uh, now uh, they they got the Dolphins. Uh, uh, they got. The, I mean, they. Uh, they got the Cardinals. They got the Steelers. They got the Steelers and the Bengals, and well, I don't know about St. Louis. They, I think, but I think with, between the Cards and the Ravens, they might have a a problem there. They, they might win. Let's see. Uh, I would say they win about two two more games. I think. Yeah, I hope so. Uh, we better win yeah. two more games. You, th- you think the Browns only win two more games? Well. I, I I would have to have a, a, a little bit of a reservation if they're playing the Ravens because the Ravens are playing lights out football and the Browns beat the shit out of them last time they played so I'm I'm sure that they're going to come in with with a uh, uh, real chip on their shoulder yeah. and repeat. It makes sense uh, if we if we lose to the Steelers this upcoming week because the same reason we would lose to the Ravens uh, we beat yeah. the crap out of them and then. The Steelers come back with vengeance. Yeah. Um, and then we yeah. could lose to the Cardinals. They've been playing pretty oh. well recently. Oh, yeah. We lose the Cardinals. So I, I would think, now I hope, like I said, I hope the Bengals win at least the game before the Browns have to play. If I well, they got to beat, they got to beat the Jets this weekend then. Yeah. Well, you know, any, any given, any given team can win a game at any given time. You know, these guys are pros, you know. Uh, just because they they're not not yelled yet doesn't mean they're not a good team, and they can rise up like Phoenix. They can rise up from the ashes. They can kill somebody, and I just hope it's not the Browns. <laughs> I hope not too. My worst fear, Grandpa, is we win out the rest of the year, and we even beat the Ravens, and we just got to win one more game the last week of the season to make the playoffs, and we lose to the Bengals in Cincinnati. I'm I'm terrified that it's going to happen. That's a horror story. <laughs> yep. Oh, you shouldn't talk like that. That's, that's, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I like I said. I I I don't want to. I don't want to play the Bengals when they're when they're winless, because boy, I tell you, they got nothing to lose, and I want them to win a game because. Then they'll probably get it. They'll probably get it off their chest a little bit, and they won't. They won't be out for blood. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah, so I, I'm 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 concerned about like the, the the Cards and the Ravens. I I think are going to be the, the the tough games for the Browns. Uh, no doubt, the Ravens. No doubt about that. These guys are these guys are playing right out football. Hey man, and, wouldn't it uh, feel good though to beat the Steelers twice and the Ravens twice? If we oh, could God, beat, uh, <laughs> well, you, you know they've 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 won two in their, their division already. Yeah, you know, true. so that's that's a big plus. Hey, I'm gonna be happy if we just if we win five of our division games. That's like unheard of. So I, I'm gonna be pretty happy with that, Grandpa. We've been giving you a hard time about not coming up here for Thanksgiving. What are your actual Thanksgiving plans this week? Well, uh, we were we we're going because Nancy's sister uh, invited. I uh, wanted the, us to go up there in the Tampa, and Nancy says she hasn't seen her for a while. So that's the long. That was before your, your father even said anything. So that's why I I I, I told the father we couldn't go. So besides, you know, it's a it's a bad 
weekend to be traveling, a bad day to be traveling. Uh, it's the busiest, the busiest time of the year. It's worse yeah, than Christmas yeah, than Thanksgiving. Yeah, yeah the, the convenient thing is, though, is you're retired, so you could leave whenever you want. <laughs> There's really no, the, the, your excuses mean nothing when it comes to travel, because your, your schedule is nothing. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> you could have come already. Yeah, my in-laws are here right now. You could, you could be here. Uh, yeah, but you know, <laughs> we don't. Hey, listen, listen. You know, it, it, it's a, it's a, it's a ten or eleven hour drive for more than that for us over. Here. I, I, I tried. I did it twice nonstop. So fly the last. But, yeah, I don't fly. The last time we, the last time we, we came home, we came home uh, nonstop. Before I mean, we were we were we were dead. Uh, you know, so now I got that takes two days to get there, two days to come back. You know, probably two. So you talk about this, six days gone. You know, but it, it, it six can't days. Go six well, days. You can't go by your father's and leave, and you got to stay two days anyway. You are know? are you counting the days you spent with us as days gone? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you guys get get closer to that damn phone. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, half the time I can't hear what you're saying, and my hearing is ex- excellent. <laughs> Sorry, Grandpa. We will. All right. Well, we're certainly gonna miss you at the Thanksgiving dinner table. We'll we'll uh, set a couple plates out just in case you change your mind. <laughs> okay. Okay, guys. All right, Grandpa. Go, go Browns. Go Browns. <laughs> love you. Okay, love you too, guys. Bye-bye. <laughs> oh, man. That was, fa- that was fantastic. I am shocked that Grandpa considers spending time with you, Michael, uh, a complete waste of time, you and your children. Yeah, just <laughs> wasting just, away. Wasted days. <laughs> wasted days. Six wasted days. Four on travel and two doing family stuff. Four with, with his great grandkids. Just what a waste. When he first said that, I thought he was just exaggerating things and talking about the two days of travel and two days of travel. And it was six wasted days. Like he just kind of like added an extra day on either end. <laughs> uh, That's not what he meant. Just being dramatic about it all. Yeah. The king of drama. That's grandpa. not what he meant. And it's like wasted days. As if what is he doing? Yeah, what, at, at, in the villages, Florida. Is he perfectly maximizing the days as it is that like it'd be wasting them to be traveling and seeing his family that he only sees a couple times a year? Just a model of efficiency. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure he is. What does a maximized day in the villages look like? As an 80-year-old. I think nine holes of golf. He mentioned that. Um, <laughs> and he's got to sit on his chair out in the front porch like he does. Drink a few Budweiser's. Um, maybe an evening game of poker. He does do that. Yeah. He goes dancing with uh, Nancy. An afternoon movie with a nap. Yeah. That, oh, yeah. Like, no, an AMC movie. Yes. To, to be fair. Not, yeah. not at the theater. A cowboy movie. This is a cowboy movie that was made in the 1950s. <laughs> he does love his cowboy movies. <laughs> that's, that's what he calls them. Cowboy movies. He should watch uh, the Not Man- Westerns. They're cowboy movies. He should watch The Mandalorian. That's a new Star Wars Western. It's like a space Western. He'd love it. I'm sure. He's very progressive. Yeah. I'd like to watch you try to sell him on that, yeah. actually. <laughs> try to get Grandpa to sign up for Disney+. Plus. It, it, it's shot exactly like a Western. Like, literally, it shows this guy, and it's like, meow, meow, and he's, like, standing there for a long time. Like, things fly by. He tries to, like, tame a, like, 
horse at one point. It's not a horse, but it's like some space beast. It's I'm crazy. Surprised you it's have a Western. Um, well, I don't. I have a friend's login, um, <laughs> as I do with all of my subscriptions. But so Disney Plus is crazy because you can have five people watching all at the same time. It's pretty fantastic. That so it doesn't fantastic. matter. You can just hand out your login left and right to people, and you you don't have to we be worried get about it. Mom and Dad do that so that they can play for the, all the Disney movies for the kids, for the grandkids, and then we, and then can, we can, can all use it. Yeah, we'll just use their go-to password. Love Beautiful. it. That we're not going to we'll mention just ask on Dad. Here. It'll be an easy yes. <laughs> yeah. Like the ping pong table we got. <laughs> hey, Dad, you're buying a ping pong table. What? Great. All right. See you later. Which is now at my house. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about the Browns. Yeah, that's what we're here for. Um, so we got the win. Three wins in a row. We beat the Dolphins 41 to 24. Expected to get the W, but exciting to score 41 points. Feels like our offense is finally clicking. You know, in some ways I was scared for this game to start because it was like it seemed like it was setting up for disappointment. The Dolphins have actually won two games. It feels like they're just a complete doormat, but they have won two games. The Browns are missing all these players on defense. Like it just felt like there was a decent chance we stumbled through the game and we're going to find reasons to be disappointed, but that really wasn't the case. We jumped out to a 28-0 to zero lead. It was obvious we were the better team. We came prepared, which I think is probably my biggest takeaway from the game, is they didn't walk into this assuming they were going to win. They came and were prepared and executed and did what they had to do particularly in the first half. Um, but then they didn't let it completely slip away whenever, you know, they did put a few touchdowns on the board early in the third quarter. So I just like the way the team handled it. The mentality was good. And hopefully some of that offensive execution is going to roll into this last portion of the season. I think it can only be a benefit at this point. Yeah, in years past, the Browns have not come in and rolled over the easy opponents. We've kind of played up to the level of the opponent. We, we upset teams that we have no business beating i think back patriots, to like a, patriots couple of times. a couple of years ago there's there's been other examples in our division where we we do that every once in a while but we don't come take care of business when it's a when it's a team that is frankly in a position where we were two years ago and I, and you're not the talent level just isn't there and they did that and we can talk about the third quarter grandpa talked about the third quarter complained about it we were up 28 to three at halftime. Like you're going to take your foot off the gas. Like you're not going to win 56 to six. And our defense was pretty depleted. Like we weren't. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, we, Ryan Fitzpatrick was having to pull off some pretty decent plays and scramble and like, you know, make scrap things together to make it happen. It wasn't like they were allowing huge plays against the dolphins. We, but like, we had one starter across our defensive line. Yeah, Fitzpatrick was scrapping to put some points on the board, and he did what he needed to do. I, I didn't feel bad about the way the defense was playing. It didn't look like they were letting things fall apart. No. By any means. I don't know. You're talking about we're not going to... We're going to take the foot off the gas a little bit. Did you watch the Ravens last night? They were going for it on fourth down, up like 35 points. That's amazing. Which is just like... I'm, but have you, have you heard John Harbaugh talk about this? He says that he has somebody who's a... Uh, is a 25-year-old behavioral economics major in his ear From on the Princeton. headset talking to him about win probabilities during the game, about telling him, you go for it, don't go for it, go for it, don't go for it, based on win probability, which he's got to be one of a handful of coaches in the NFL who's, who's embracing this. I mean, we 
saw the Cowboys this week kick a field goal down seven against the Patriots within like near the end of the fourth quarter. And Jason Garrett is getting torched for this. And he said, he doesn't look at the analytics. It's like, well, I don't look at stats during the games or something like that. That's got to be the most idiotic thing you can say. Yeah. I don't, I don't do my job. I don't take it seriously. Like I don't, I I trust my gut. I don't believe in math. (laughs) He also, you know, I think Jason Garrett also went to Princeton. That's pretty funny. That's ironic. <laughs> maybe, maybe the curriculum's changed. <laughs> what did Jason Garrett study at Princeton? Uh, we'll see. I have no, no, but like, <laughs> I studied football. <laughs> no, but like, credit to John Harbaugh and credit to the Ravens. Like, that, that is not something you would have seen in the NFL five years ago or even two years ago. Going for it on fourth and four up. What were they? Thirty-one points at the time. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And they were going to punt it. Before we talk about the Ravens, because I think we do probably want to like give them a little, little bit of attention. Um, this game, when I went back and rewatched it, there's a couple things that stuck out, and this this hit me when we watched it initially. But there was a lot of things that broke in the Browns' favor that allowed us to take that huge lead. Pass interference. Over and over and over again. Yep. There were many pass interference calls, many of which were on third downs that extended drives and allowed us to score. It was two of our first three touchdown drives were what? extended exclusively because of pass interferences. And then you remember the one that was challenged by the officials that the officials took right before the half. Yes, that is correct. I forgot about that. Was insane. I mean, it was pass interference, but it wasn't an egregious pass interference like we've seen in many cases across the league that was challenged, that have been challenged, and have not been reversed. But this one, they did choose to reverse. And there was a couple other examples throughout the league on Sunday. But, I mean, it was pass interference. Like, his, his body position was fine, but he was, it, he was holding down the arms. There's no denying that it was pass interference. But there's also no denying that many other cases were pass interference in other games throughout the NFL this season that have not been overturned. And so that it, it still is notable because of the way this has been called. But the difference far. is it was upheld. Like, like they're, they're... No. No, it wasn't. It was, no. it was not called pass interference on the field. It was not called on, on the field. field. And the booth from New York said, because it was inside two minutes of the first half, oh, you're they right. signaled it, you're and then right. they changed it to pass interference. And you made the comment, Matthew, on Sunday that it was just like whenever a ref or a coach throws the flag that it's like, no, well, we're not going to change it because you asked. But whenever it's them doing it from internally, they're just going to. So it's a little more amenable. Yeah. To it. You're not being challenged on like the legitimate incompetent on your doing your job. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. Which so I mean, it was it was crazy. I was so surprised that that whole thing happened the way it did. But it worked in the Browns favor there was a bunch of these and part of that's because the Dolphins defense sucks and so they kind yeah, of had to commit penalties in certain situations they I mean, sucked that, coming into the year they've had injuries they suck even worse they've now. traded away their best players yeah. like I mean th- this all like fits within the narrative uh but the Browns definitely benefited I mean um in a lot of these cases and it allowed us to score the touchdowns to jump up to that huge lead so um anyways it, there's been so many instances where the Browns have been on the other half of things not falling the right way. I mean, there was a tipped pass that came right to Joe Schobert. Like, there's, you know, 
these things that don't always break the right way. They the other, broke the right way for the Browns in almost every instance. The other in side of that game. KJ Wright interception it finally came back around. Yeah, I mean, it it just happens, and that's kind of the way football is. The yeah, ball, you you can't control the way the ball is going to bounce, and sometimes it works in your favor, and sometimes it doesn't. And yeah, yeah, and I think the takeaway is that take the win, take solace in the fact that you executed in the opportunities that you had but know that things were fell kind of favorably and that won't always happen. So you, you have to go out and you have to get better and you have to be better next week to beat the Steelers and you're not going to necessarily beat them 41 to 23 or whatever the score was. 24, but yeah. Um, I don't know if it was a result of us playing the worst team on paper in the league of the Miami Dolphins, but we had a lot of players that posted really, really positive PFF grades in this game. I mean, one of the most surprising was Chad Thomas on 89.9 PFF grade. What do you guys make of that, Michael O. Chad Thomas hater? I don't understand it because what I, under- because what I heard from John Costco and some tweets and some different stuff, the PFF guy for the Browns, um, was that he based the reason his grade was so high was because his coverage grade was really good and that lifted his entire score. How but many his times was he in grade, coverage? Eight, eight snaps, if I remember correctly. Where he dropped into like a, a zone. Like and a actually, zone when I rewatched situation. it, he actually was good in coverage. Like he was like real solid. It was weird. I was like, no, because when I rewatched, I was like, they were commenting about how Chad Thomas played decent in this game. And I don't remember. I remember him being in on like one of the sacks, you know, in the game, but I don't remember much other than that. So I was paying special attention to the defensive line and Chad Thomas as I rewatched and he um didn't do anything that spectacular on normal like pass rush or rundowns, but his pass coverage actually was pretty solid in the few times whenever he dropped into coverage. He like batted a ball away like once or twice like it was kind of weird. But to be honest, that's a solid skill set. Like, Chad yeah. Thomas is known for being a pretty good run defender. If you can be a good run defender and then be good in pass coverage <laughs> what a as a D-head, like, you can use that. The hybrid defensive end position. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's, he's not going to get to the quarterback. He's not making, making or w- just walking around a defensive end because, he's, because of quickness or a, a pass rush move. But that's a skill set you can use. Hey, but I'm just glad that a guy that need was called into action. He needed he needed to step up, and he played decent. You know, I mean, I think that they schemed around the talent that we had for this game. There was a few more stunts than you have seen in some other games, and they were trying to manufacture some pass rush. But that's what you got to do when you don't have your top top players on the defensive yeah. line. We get Ogunjobi back, maybe um, Vernon, hopefully Vernon. Um. And I, I think it's, it's good. And with a depleted defensive line, another positive thing to take away is that in the last four weeks, there's only one player in the NFL from the defensive tackle position that has a better PFF grade than our Brownies, Sheldon Richardson, who has a 90.7 out of all 121 DTs with a similar amount of snaps. So when... And isn't that, isn't that one player Aaron Donald? Yeah, that one player is Aaron Donald. So... I'll take that. Exactly. I mean... a. You're going to be good, but you're not going to be better than Aaron Donald. Another thing about this game is every time we ran the ball. It's we, true for everybody. You're going to be good, but you're not going to be as good as Aaron Donald. No matter what you do. 
Aaron Donald is better at accounting than you. Accountants listening to this. So to jump back to the offensive side of the ball, it seemed like the plan for this game was to get Baker Mayfield and the and the passing game like on track. Because every time we ran the ball, we got like eight yards. <laughs> and they weren't like just ramming the ball down the the Dolphins' throat, even in the second half when we were well well up on them and had the game in control, which was kind of surprising to me. But I think it probably was just because we wanted to like get everything on track against a, a lesser defense. Nick Chubb had 106 yards. Could add 206. And a lot um, of those yards carries, were late. Though. A lot of those yards were late. Like He didn't get those. He got a few big chunks late. Um, that kind of got him over that 100-yard threshold. Yep. Chubb averaged five yards a carry. Kareem Hunt, 4.6 yards a carry. We basically had whatever we wanted on the ground. That's a one-two punch. And uh, Jarvis had a ridiculous game. He had 148 yards, two touchdowns, 13 targets, um, 10 receptions. I mean, Jarvis has just become an invaluable piece on this offense. Like, we, we were talking earlier on in... Uh, the season and the off season that there was a good chance that we'd be moving on from Jarvis because his contract is so heavy. That's not happening. That, it's hard to make that case now. It really is. Yeah. Um, Baker had that one interception. Um, if the the slant that he threw to Odell, which was behind Odell, which was that was all on Baker, but hasn't been having the same problems. Anything else from the game? I liked our defense, our, our defensive line in particular. I mean, it, it seemed like a spread the, spread the load. We, we played a lot of defensive linemen, all those guys who we called up from the practice squad, a bunch of Brandon Bryant, uh, Gustin. What's, what's Gustin's first name? I forget. Um, slipping my mind at the moment. I thought all of those guys, none of those guys didn't look like they belonged. Like, like I thought that they, they put in a shift, did a job. We, we spread the snaps around more than I expected. What does it mean to belong against the Dolphins? That's a good question. And, and maybe that added to the get those guys reps, get them, get them going, get them kind of in the flow of an NFL game. Porter. Um, Porter Gustin. That's right. It's a good name. It is a solid name. Great name for um, a defensive lineman. But I... But I like our defensive line did not stand out for good or for bad this game, and that is an accomplishment given how many starters were down. Mm-hmm. For sure. So I, I think they deserve credit. Also, Joe Schobert deserves credit. Second game in a row, he's had two interceptions. Oh my dude gosh, dude is just on a bender right now. I was yeah. loving watching the reps that Sione Takitaki got late in the game. Pass rusher. That guy's so, just fun So I meant, I meant to rewatch. Where was he lining up most of the time? Was he lining up as a linebacker or was he being used as a, a pass rusher? I think there was a down or two where he came off the edge, but he was mostly a linebacker. Who did he, he come he, in for? He took Schobert's spot. Yeah, because Schobert only took like he was in, percent he, of the snaps. Because he was in pass coverage on a lot of the downs, and I don't think that's Takitaki's strong suit. But he was playing the Schobert role. Okay. Then whenever he was in there. Yep. That's super interesting. Um, so some other news in the Browns world on the defensive line front. Um, the Browns today released Devro Lawrence. Surprised? 
a little bit. I mean, they had to make a they had to make a spot on the roster for Larry Ogunjobi. I think there's a handful of other players I probably would have guessed this would have been beforehand. But to me, Devra Lawrence is a back of the roster rotational player. Uh, in the same group of players with a whole bunch of other. You got to turn those guys. He's not long for the roster. He's not going to make an impact long term. And yeah. I was pretty, I'm pretty sold on that. Like he had a couple splash plays that a lot of Browns fans are real excited about from the preseason. And he hasn't been very consistent, even with lots of reps. Like he had his chance to kind of show that he was going to be an impactful player in the NFL and like could be like a really solid rotational player for us to count on for years to come. And he hasn't seized that opportunity. And so, you know what? I kind of am okay if you feel comfortable with a Porter Gustin and, you know, these other guys. If they're in that same mold, like, why not give them their shot and kind of rotate it through? Like, I, I don't hate it. Yeah, well, I mean, we kind of saw the writing on the wall before Equale got hurt. He was getting more snaps than Devereaux was. Devereaux had 11 games this season to kind of prove what he can do during the regular season. The reports haven't been good. He hasn't graded out well. He hasn't really made an impact. Of He had that one interception, which a D-line interception, kind of just fluky Fluke. more than anything else. But He's going to tell his grandkids about it, though, credit for to, sure. Credit to him for coming through and making the play. I mean, we saw Miles Garrett not make that catch at, at one point during the season, so that's Cut him not, too. Not, <laughs> not trying to take that away from Devereaux. But he wasn't offering what you needed consistently day in, day out on that D-line spot. And, so you got to turn that back in the roster. I mean, we talked about this to, to some extent with the Gennard Avery. I mean, it was my position where if, if you've got those back-end roster spots, you got to turn them if they're, not, if they're not. You can't get caught up on these guys who you like, are tantalized by the potential. You've got to move them. He's such a great locker room presence. You ever seen that guy not smiling? He's always smiling. And that's what I want to know is, I mean, we saw that behind the scene video, I think it was on Building the Browns or something like that, um, of, of Devereaux and Chris Smith giving John Dorsey a hard time about something. Um, you think John Turk personally? Well, I, I just want to know how those conversations <laughs> That are, guy's getting cut. How those conversations go, because you know these guys like, like each other or have a relationship. Like, it's, it's harder than... It is. Oh, it's got to be us. so tough. We're like, from my perspective, it's like, yeah, cut his ass. Like, I don't, yeah, I don't care. But these are these are people. These are human beings that you come to know and like work with. It's got to be tough Damn, at no. this point in the season, especially. Yeah. And is it like, so they're sitting in the meeting. It's like you know John Dorsey and Antonio Highsmith or Alonzo Highsmith. Why did I say Antonio? And uh, what's his face? What's the white guy's name? Elliot Wolf. Elliot Wolf. And they're sitting there like, all oh, right. They make Elliot say everything. Elliot has to fire every single person. Yeah. John's like, hey, Alonzo, Elliot, you got to fire someone. Alonzo's like, that's you, Elliot. It's all you. No, but this one has like the, it seems to me like they're like, all right, well, here are our options of guys we can uh, let go in order to bring Larry back onto the active roster. They're like talking through all of it. And then it feels like late in the game, somebody goes, what about Devereaux? We might maybe you should just cut bait. It feels like like they like just like threw it in late, and we're like, yeah, that's probably a smart idea. That's gonna mm. suck, but I think we're gonna we're gonna do that. That really would suck. Yeah, I would hate that. Um, 
All right, so just make Elliot Wolf do it. Let's <laughs> just just make Elliot do it. I would make Elliot do it too. Yeah. <laughs> Elliot's definitely the guy who's calling people in on cut down day. It's like making that phone call. So like, yeah. yeah, we're gonna need um, you to come into John's office. This is a, this yeah. is the situation, and this is why it's not gonna work out. <laughs> um, another I'm person. I need you to go down to your locker room and um, yeah. get your thing. Here's your box <laughs> or a trash bag. Um, another player we don't have that I want to talk about is we got to, I guess from here on out, we got to at least hit it on every episode. Let's talk about Miles Garrett. Is Miles Garrett suspension? He's probably the best player on our team, even though he's not playing. So I don't, I don't want to talk about it from, from here on out every single game. I hope, I hope that there's a week that we, we don't have to talk about this. Although there was one thing. This is only week two. Particularly like riled me up this week. It's my goal to make you talk about it every week now. Great. Do it. Give the people what they want. So it gets the people going. So since we since we recorded last, Miles Garrett's suspension was upheld by James Thrash, the mutually agreed upon our or appeal officer from the NFLPA and the NFL. Uh, the NFL did not release a statement, but Adam Schefter, who might as well be an official statement reported that the NFL hopes that Miles Garrett will, will not be suspended for next season. Said, as long as he does and says the right things, they hope that he will not be suspended for next season. What does that mean? That means that the NFL likes the fact that they hold all the cards in this situation and that the report from Adam Schefter is just the NFL flexing their muscles and saying, we control this ship and you better behave and you better know who's in charge. That's all that that means in my personal opinion. But like, what does it mean for, for him to say the right things? Like what, what would saying the wrong things be? If, if Miles Garrett like continues to be like, act like Mason Rudolph, Mason, Mason Rudolph. Yeah. Like, no, if Miles Garrett it. acted like Mason Rudolph and it was like, he's a punk, I don't back down from bullies. Like, is he going to be suspended? Like, Probably. into next season? Probably. Like, like does he need to, to go into to Roger Goodell's office and, like, bow down and kiss the ring? Like, like what, what are you, what does that even mean? What are you talking about? He, he, this is a punishment. This is a punishment. So, like. There, there it's, was no. It's it's an indefinite punishment. There was an infraction committed, and there's like a certain amount of like recompense that is needed. Like he needs to say and do the right things to get back on the field. Like that's insane. Yeah, it really we, sucks never, for Miles Garrett, especially since he hasn't ever said the wrong. We've thing. never seen this in the NFL. For Pete's sake, Ray Rice's indefinite suspension was was reduced upon appeal. After, after we saw video of him punching his girlfriend in the elevator. He was suspended indefinitely, and it was reduced upon appeal. <laughs> and now we have Miles Garrett on the field doing a bad thing, hitting somebody with a, with a football helmet, which every single guy who's ever played football, I was listening to Chris Long on the Rosillo show today, talk about how this happens all the time. Every, every football player has seen this. And this has just happened to happen in prime time on Thursday Night Football. It really sucks. If this had happened on Sunday. It's insane. If this had happened on Sunday in the mix with Sunday at else, 1 o'clock, three, four games. Three games. 
Well, the thing that pisses me off is all the uh, Thursday night, all the NFL, former NFL players that have said they've never seen anything like it directly after it happened. It just, it's ridiculous to me. Why did they? Chris Long's brother, Kyle Long, reportedly did this in practice, in a Bears practice this preseason, in training camp. Yeah, on Hit Fox. Hit somebody over the head. On Fox, they were talking about it. Michael Strahan said he has done this to another man in practice. He's ripped off someone's helmet, hit him across the face with it, and yeah. made contact with his face. Good morning, in, America's Michael, Michael Strahan. He's the darling of America right now with that adorable little gap in between his teeth. Everybody loves the guy. Like, that doesn't define him. That's not who he is. I, it just, it's so unfortunate, more than anything. I mean, Miles will be back at the beginning of next season. They're not going to suspend him any longer. Can we but talk about they... Jarvis, too, in Jarvis's statement this week? I thought you were going to say the gap in his teeth. No. <laughs> <laughs> speaking, speaking of gap teeth, <laughs> Jarvis, better or worse than Strahan? Uh, it's better. It's better than Strahan. Give it a rating, 1 to 10. I think Jarvis has a, <laughs> a 7.0 gap. And Strahan is a, a 6.5. All right, continue. Amazing. No. <laughs> I love, so this is a broader conversation about how the Browns are supporting Miles Garrett, which I think they have every reason to. But Jarvis came out and was like, look, it makes no sense. Feels like the NFL is like coming out against the Browns. I could imagine that it would. Yeah. I feel that way. I love that. And then D Haslam shows up to the game on Sunday, wearing a beanie with a 95 on it. Love it. Freddie Kitchens comes out and says, if Miles Garrett tells me something, I believe it. Yep. Like, you can't have an organization that's more supportive of an individual than this. And it just pisses me off that the NFL is treating him like he's, like, the worst person they've ever seen when the Browns have had worse people on their team. Much worse. Well, the, the reason okay, why they're what? treating him this way is because the world is treating Miles Garrett like he's the worst person they've ever seen. Twitter is just flipping a gasket over and over and over and over again. I'm sure that there's lots of people listening to this podcast and you guys had the same experience, but since this whole Miles Garrett thing, lots of people who aren't really football fans or Browns fans know that I'm a Browns fan and have like asked for my opinion on this. So I've had to inform someone who doesn't really even know who Miles Garrett is, like about my thoughts on this situation. And the way I've explained this to them is that of all of the players on the Browns roster, I think Miles Garrett is the one player I would pick to babysit my kids if I had to pick one player to babysit my kids. <laughs> like literally, like I don't know if there's a better choice on the Cleveland Browns roster that I would trust. And, and we in don't that know situation. all these guys personally, but what you can see from the outside, you're like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I still would. Yes. <laughs> oh, I still would. I'd give him a Steelers helmet. Yeah. I would let him play I mean, with it. Of, of all the players on the roster, like, who, if, if you were presented with the situation, all right, a Browns player loses their cool, smacks an opponent over the head with his own helmet, pick the player. How. Far above Miles Garrett is Baker Mayfield on that list. Quite a bit farther. Oh, yeah. Way further. No, I, I think every player I is want, just about further. Actually, I like this exercise. Okay. Everyone come up with your own answer, and I want everyone's answer. Who's the player right Who's above the Miles? No, who is the first player, you think, on that list? Okay. For the Brown. Mm, I think I know who mine is. All right, go ahead. My answer is Mac Wilson. 
So I think he's dumb. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's dumb. Um, current Browns player, because I would say Jermaine Whitehead. Oh, well, it's got to be, yeah. Current, 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 current Browns player. He, he was at the beginning of the season. Yeah, but that's almost too easy because he got like kicked off the team. For <laughs> threatening to kill people. Yes. That's a little that seems brand. like the kind of guy that probably would. All right, who'd you come up with? Hmm. I, th- I think Baker's up there just because he's fiery, but I think um, Randall. Yeah, that's a good one. Randall yeah. would definitely do it. Randall's a guy who's got a little bite to him, you know. He's dumb, too. Yeah. I Honestly, I don't have anybody else. Browns are all... They're pretty stand-up guys all across the board. <laughs> Bunch of angels. Yeah, Randall's a good one. <laughs> okay. Uh, the thing that sucks to me about the Miles thing is it seems like it should have at least become a defined suspension instead of being indefinite for so many reasons, That's as we, we discussed about last, last week. Last we, week. We hoped that it would be and turned to six games. Things are freaking shaking up so that the Browns have a legitimate chance at the playoffs. And it would just be so great if when we were going into the playoffs, we knew we had that much better of a chance to actually win one of those games because we had Miles on, on the team. Like, I still think we could probably have a chance to win a game if we make our way into the playoffs. If we play that well down the stretch to get there, I think we have a decent chance. But I'd be feeling a heck of a lot better with Miles Garrett. And I'm just frustrated that... It, Feels like that's just kind of been stolen from us because and the NFL's trying to make a statement. And like, this. when are we going to know? That's my thing. Like, is it just going to be at some point randomly during the offseason that they're like, okay, now we've decided that it's died down enough that we're going to say, all right, you're back for the preseason. Is he going to be suspended for all four preseason games? Like, I wouldn't really care if that happened, if he didn't play in the playoffs. Like, it doesn't really matter to me. You mean in the preseason? Yeah, in the preseason. It'll be, it'll be some random day. It'll be during the draft. It'll be like right as the first round, first overall pick of the draft is announced. Just they'll sneak the it, NFL squeak it sneak in there. sneak it into the news cycle. Um, yeah, I think that's, that's the thing. I'm, it's infuriating that this is going to drag me out. Um, I guess my question is, could this turn out to be like a positive thing for the Browns? If we end up kind of rallying as a team, making the playoffs, whatever the results in the playoffs are, there's not going to be a bad result in the playoffs. If you make the playoffs and you get blown out, you'll be like, well, we didn't have our best defensive player. Also, we, we got to step like, up. We like rallied back. Great. Now you take it into 2020 and you've yep. got some momentum going. Yep. I agree. If we make the playoffs, there's really no like bad, particularly bad outcome. You can get shut out in the playoffs, whatever. You made the playoffs, you don't have your best player. Like, you had to scrap a claw to get there. You did it. Let's go. But in the, if we get to the playoffs, who do you think in the AFC wildcard game? I don't really think that there's someone that's going to shut us out in that game. No, there's not. I mean, looking at the AFC wildcard or the AFC playoff picture. It's, I mean, it's pretty well said at this point. You've got the Ravens and the Patriots at the top two who, who are going to have a bye. And then the next two teams are probably going to be the Chiefs who have struggled on defense all year and have been injured on offense, and then the Texans. If you get matched up against the Texans, the Texans are and the very Bills, beatable. The Bills are right up there. 
too. Yeah, but we wouldn't be matched up against the Bills. Oh, because they'd be the other wild card. They'd be the other wild card team. So either one of those teams, you're going to be able to put up points against, I believe, um, especially the the Chiefs. Yeah. Chiefs defense kind of sucks. You're going to have to struggle to outscore them, but they're going to put up points. The Texans are super gettable. So, yeah. I'm assuming it's the Texans. The Texans are not locked in at all. I mean, it could be the Colts. It could be even the Titans at this point winning that division. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah, none, the, the Titans still play the Texans twice. So the Titans None could... of those teams in that AFC South particularly scare me. If, if you make it to the playoffs and get matched up against one of those teams in the AFC South, that's a pretty posh first-round matchup as a sixth seed. Oh, I completely. That's what you... That is what you would want. Um, but at the end of the day, the Browns just need to win a football game. There's six games left. Five games left. Five games left. Four of them are very winnable. And we just got to take one at a time. And to your point, could this be a blessing for the Browns? I think it kind of can be a blessing to the Browns because they're going to be extra motivated to win this game against the Steelers, I feel like, this week, that we wouldn't have had the same level of focus. And I think we're more motivated than the Steelers are. I think so, too. Oh, I think so, too. Absolutely. There's no doubt in my mind. There's no doubt in my mind. Plus, we're better than the Steelers are. So, at this point, given the players that we have, we're a better team than the Steelers are. So, yeah, no, no doubt. I mean, our offense is better. They're starting a quarterback out of Samford, which is somehow an improvement over the guy they were starting previously. Yeah. And so, I mean, the difference between the Steelers and us is like they might have like more experience and like better coaching. Um, but, and so that can come into play whenever we don't prepare all that well. But I think we're going to be as prepared as we possibly could be because there's n- nothing more this Browns team wants than to beat the Steelers. I think it helps being in Division Two, where talent matters more than like, you, you know exactly what your opponent's going to do because you play them all the time. And even Freddie Kitchens was here last year. He played the Steelers twice. We've already played them once this year. Coaching staff has seen them. They know the tendencies. They've studied the film. They are, it's easier to prepare for a division opponent in a way than it is for, yeah. for a team that you don't play all the time. And also my thing is it's not a sure thing that we lose to the Ravens in Week 16. Of course not. Because it's a divisional game, and anything can happen in those and divisional games. And it's in games. Cleveland. It's in Cleveland. We beat them on the road. It was a different team back then, at, earlier on in the season. They just, they'd lost two in a row. They lost to the, didn't they lose to the Chiefs? And then they lost to us right after that. They had two Correct. bad weeks, and then, and they've just gone on a tear. They've looked absolutely ridiculous right now, but we've already beaten them this year. Yep. Yep. No, I agree. It's not a foregone conclusion at all. But in the same vein, it's not a foregone conclusion that we win all of these games. No, it's not. I think this game and the um, Cardinals game are the most difficult ones, but like the Bengals have talent. They're Bengals not completely... just brought back Andy Dalton. Yeah, I mean, like, they could bring back A.J. Green. That's much more difficult than playing against Ryan Finley. Yeah, A.J. For Green sure. might be back for 
both of the games against us. Although, to be fair, the Bengals lost eight games in a row with Andy Dalton so far this season. So They're close, though. If you, look yeah. at the, if you look at the scores of those games, like they're in a lot of those games. They really are. They lost by one point to the Seahawks in week one. Like There are so many games against like solid teams that they've just barely not won. Like The Bengals have been competitive. They are not complete trash. But isn't that how we... That's Isn't exactly that how, how we, we were in, what was that, 2017, when we went 0-16? And, and I remember telling people that, and they were just like, whatever. Okay, man. That's very adorable. We lost so many close games. We were in all this. We were not the Dolphins up until the Dolphins won two games. Like, the Dolphins were getting blasted. Oh, right. my gosh, they were. The point is, is that we could ease, it's feasible for the Browns to lose one of those games. I think down the street. Yep. Not impossible. Brings back Mark's deepest, darkest fear. Oh, yeah. I have nightmares about this. I think I mentioned it to Grandpa. I won't mention it again. There's no reason to put that out there anymore. Grandpa told me to stop talking like that, and I'm going to respect my elders. I'm not going to talk like that anymore. You got a squeaky mic stand over there, Mark. Yeah, I do. All right. Well, let's look forward to um, this Steelers game, and let's pick the lines. This week, we are going to pick all of the Thanksgiving Thursday night games. Um, mainly so that me and Michael can get back into this race. Um, but also because they're on Thursday. And so we're going to pick them as we'll record a podcast before, um, Michael, what we got, uh, that's why we're picking all the games, huh? Yeah. It's the nationally televised games. That's what we say we do. Yeah. We pick them. All. I actually think we've done this this way in the past, if I recall, but, um, it seems like there's no other way to do it. So, uh, first game is the Chicago Bears heading to the Detroit Lions to potentially play David Blau and the Detroit Lions. Good for David Blau, potentially getting a start in the NFL. I mean, he, he deserved a chance to make an NFL roster, and this is what you do. You hope for a chance to, that a couple things break your way and you actually get a playing opportunity. Put in a good performance and you might cement yourself as a long-term backup which is potentially the best job in the NFL. Yeah, this is like a, he could cement himself as a Charlie Whitehurst. Oh, man. Speaking of, I saw him at a restaurant the other day. I spent about 15 minutes telling my wife about who he was. Oh, so he's coming on the pod? Was she drooling just looking at him? She's not really, he's not really like her type, like the, uh, the, the rugged, hairy type, Would believe it or not. Like that's you, you, Matthew. I know. I, I could be that. Could mm. be that. Um, are you her type? I don't think so. <laughs> I really don't, which is which is amazing. I haven't mentioned that to her. Just I don't want to like stir the pot, you know. <laughs> I don't want to like poke the bear. Um, but so I actually spent some time on Charlie Whitehurst's like NFL stats, and I forgot that he didn't actually ever start for us because he came in as a Cody Kessler injury replacement mid game the same week he was signed. Yeah, and then he hurt himself that game, and gutted it out to finish the game. But then went on IR. What a storied career! It's amazing. He's made a good amount of money. Like that's one of the craziest things about Charlie Whitehurst is he's made a good chunk of change. Oh yeah, because he got he got like good NFL backup money, and then you know when when you're needed. All right, so the Bears are heading to Detroit Thanksgiving Day. The Bears are favored by three points in this particular game. Um, this Matthew, awful. Matthew, uh, you are leading in our little contest, so I'm gonna let you pick this one first. I don't even want to pick this game. I know it's a rough one. Bears by three. Yep. In Detroit. Oh god. This game might be three to zero. 
it's hard to like feel good about any it's hard to either offense it's hard game. to give reasons why you're picking one over the other yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna go the bears just because they're the they have the position group that i feel the best about and that's their defense and they're not the bears defense from last year but they're still better than any position group that is going to take the field and so why not yeah. I, I, too, am going to go with the Bears. I mean, it is a bad look, Detroit losing to the Redskins last week. I, I have a hard time picking a team that just lost and to the Haskins Redskins. And Haskins taking the selfie and missing the finals. Oh, my gosh. So yeah. good. I, I'm going to have to go with actually. the Bears, too. That's something that would happen to the Browns in years points. past. Oh. And yeah. it's so nice not to be the like laughing stock of the league anymore. Yeah. To me, I still kind of feel like we are with the Miles Garrett thing. People are like, well, actually, they're not laughing at us. They're angry at us. I guess that's better. It is better. Yeah. Um, I picked all these ahead of time, so I'm going to stick with them and not adjust based on what you guys say in any way, shape, or form. I'm also picking the Bears. Mine's mostly because of David Blau potentially starting as a first-time quarterback against that Chicago defense that is pretty significant. I think that's going to be difficult no i love the first time quarterback mix up it's like the brandon allen situation you never know you never know what you're gonna get yeah but then you gotta actually think that works in detroit's favor but then you gotta count but then you gotta count on coaching like actually putting them in the right position and i just don't know enough about either one of these teams you know particularly detroit's offense to to be able to make a call one way or the other on that so <clears throat> that brings us to the next Thanksgiving Day game. The Buffalo Bills heading to Dallas to play the Cowboys, who are favored by six and a half points. This is another tough one, in my personal opinion. Mark, I'll let you p- pick this one first. Six and a half. Vegas is good. That's right about where I'd put it. Uh, Buffalo's defense is really good, and Dallas has been so. They've become a little bit more consistent throughout the season, but they've been hit or miss. Um, I don't think that Buffalo gives up a ton of points to Dallas. And I think that it stays a pretty low-scoring game, as Buffalo tends to do. So seven points is a lot, and they stay in it. But Dallas ends up winning the game, but Buffalo covers the spread. Buffalo. Mark, Matthew, I mean, what's your pick? Buffalo's defense is good, but their run defense is not. I think the Cowboys keep it on the ground, feed Zeke beat some of the other running backs that they've got, um, cover the six and a half points. I'm going with Buffalo. I just feel great about the way that team is coached and prepared and six and a half points with an inconsistent Dallas and an idiotic Jason Garrett is enough for me. So I'm going to take, take those six and a half points. You think Buffalo wins? Um, not necessarily, but I think it'll be close. I really think it'll be close. I wouldn't. It's like a toss up to me as to who, who's going to win. So the game of the evening on Thanksgiving is New Orleans at Atlanta. Atlanta having a little resurgence recently. New Orleans uh, not looking quite as solid, maybe. But they're still favored by seven points heading into Atlanta. I'll go. Mark. Atlanta may be having a little resurgence, but they just got smacked by the Jets. Um, I think No, they- Jets beat the Raiders. Jets beat the Raiders. Oh, yeah, you're right. Ooh, um, how's your analysis changed? Oh, got to recalibrate. Um, no, nevertheless, I think the, that was such a fluky loss for the Saints against the Falcons. They're going to beat them by 15, 20. All right. 
So Mark picks New Orleans. Yeah, you say the Falcons are in a resurgence, but they actually got smacked by the Bucks and Jameis Winston. Oh yeah, that's who it was. I gotta go Saints here. Like they're they've got to be ticked off. They're much more talented. They're better coached. I'm happy to see that you guys are picking the Saints because I've got the Falcons. They beat him. Take couple- them. They got them a couple weeks ago. This game's in Atlanta. It's seven points. I'm, oh yeah, those Atlanta fans, they're just going to be amped. I'm going to take the home dog and go with the Falcons. Notoriously good fans, those Atlanta fans. Rise up, baby. <laughs> uh, Samuel, Samuel, Samuel Jackson, Jackson on the monitor. <laughs> Rise up, Atlanta. All right. Sunday night is Minnesota at Seattle, favored by three points. Now that's a good game. I'm going to pick this one first, and I'm going to go with the Minnesota Vikings. It's a tight game. These are hard ones to pick this week. Minnesota at Seattle. Seattle favored by three. Matthew, what do you got? I'll take this. Russell Wilson doesn't lose these games. And I, and I know there's, Neither a, does Kirk Cousins, I know there's bro. a three-point spread. Kirk Cousins doesn't lose these games either. But keep going. Sorry, I interrupted. I'll gladly let you take Kirk Cousins. I'm, I'm taking the Seahawks here. Yeah. No, that makes sense. I, I, was, I was thinking the exact same thing you were, and then I was like, Kirk Cousins doesn't lose primetime games either. Um, I like Russell Wilson a lot more than Kirk Cousins as a quarterback. And um, I think I'm going to go with Seattle as well. All right. I like it. Giving me a chance to jump ahead. Or fall way behind. It's possible. Um, Cleveland is heading to Pittsburgh, as we have alluded to. We talked to Grandpa about it a little bit. Talked about how we might be a little extra prepared, given all the events of a couple weeks ago. What do we think? What do we need to do to win this game? Let's talk about the game for a second and then make the picks. I I mean, I think this game is pretty simple. Going up against the Steelers, starting Duck Hodges. um, I think this game comes down to if we do not turn the ball over on offense and are able to execute and put up 21 points, 24 points, that's a win. Yeah, I think we got to get in the 20s. And it's the same, same game plan as before. We talked about how important not turning the ball over is. The Steelers were winning that string of games because they were turning the ball over a bunch or turning other teams over. They were forcing turnovers. Um, and that has somewhat slowed down in recent weeks for them. And the Browns have been the ones turning the ball over. It started with the game against Pittsburgh. And that's a huge factor in this game. The Steelers need their defense to like help them win. Yeah. And if we can eliminate that element, I think we're in the pole position. Yeah. I can agree more. The only good thing the Steelers have going for them is their defense. If our offense can continue clicking as it has been, if Baker can play the way he has, through these last couple games, I, I think we'll definitely win the game. Which has even, included the Steelers. Which has included yeah, the Steelers. Yeah. If we even, even, we can even throw an interception. And yeah. I, I don't think our defense has been causing a lot of turnovers. I think the Browns win and they win by more than two points. I'm going with the Browns. And all right. So a couple weeks ago, we brought Kareem Hunt into the fold. It seems to have opened up. We're things. 3 0 since Hunt's been on the field. Good bit. All right. Theoretically, we could also be adding David Njoku back into the fold this week. I don't know that that's going to happen. It seems up in the air as to whether they're going to activate him for this game or not. But I think that's only going to further open up opportunities for us, particularly in the red zone, spread the field out. 
if that happens, like I have a hard time seeing us struggling. And I just think it's going to continue us on a trajectory with this offense where we are like executing quite well. And so I'm just excited for it. I hope Njoku's back because I'm just excited to get that train rolling. Yeah, absolutely. I got the Browns. Browns are favored by two points. Um, I got to think they're going to cover that. Yeah, getting o- Joby back this week. Um, if we get Olivia Vernon back this week, that'll be huge. I don't, the Browns are better than the Steelers at this point on just about every level of, of the field. So I got to take the Browns. I don't, I don't think this game's within two points. Another interesting thing to monitor, I don't think it's going to affect my feeling about the game, but like, is Juju going to be back after like concussion protocol? And they've got some injuries and stuff going on on their side too that'll be interesting to look at throughout the week. Yep. All right. Well, that'll about wrap it up. You didn't make your pick. I did. He did. He picked the Browns. All right. I already wrote it in because I knew that's what you were going to pick, but I didn't hear it. I'll say it again. I picked the Browns to beat the Steelers this Sunday, 1 p.m. Eastern time. Go Browns. All right. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. Um, If you want to interact with us, be sure to interact with us on Twitter at Sin of Our Fathers, on Instagram at Sin of Our Fathers, and send us an email, uh, sinofourfathers at gmail.com. If you think we said something wrong, you're trying to fact check us, we'd be interested in that. Send us an email. If there's something you'd like us to talk about, send us something. Um, We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to interact with you guys. Um, Rate our podcast five stars. We'd so appreciate it. If you like what we're saying and want other people to hear it, That's really the best thing that you can do for us is give us a rating, leave a comment. That helps other people see what you're seeing right now and hear what you're really hearing. All right. Thanks so much, guys. Go Browns. Go Browns.